0: That's awesome. All right, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, Tonight, I wanted to cover uh, the uh, request for information regarding the FAA knowledge exam um, and kind of what that's looking like at at this point. So um, I will post a link to it real quick. Let's see. It's a PDF, so if you click on it, it is going to download a PDF. Um, Let's see.
1: Capture this.
0: Okay. Sorry. Sorry for not having this uh, ready to go right off the bat, but. All right. So if you click that, that'll open up the RFI, um, or the request for information. And, um, the gist of it is guys, is that the FAA is currently developing the, uh, knowledge exam, um, between themselves and their stakeholders, um, I'm not 100% sure who those stakeholders are, but I do know, at least from our standpoint, we have not seen or heard any kind of request for collaboration from CBOs. Um, that's not to say that they're not uh, tapping the AMA or anybody like that, but um, there's not been any public request for that. So, um, in regards to the RFI, the gist of it is is that. It's um more uh, regarding the uh, administration of the tests by third parties. so um basically by responding to the questions um and kind of setting up uh, the the field for an organization, they can be administrators of the exam. Um, so. Kind of of note, the FAA themselves will not be administrating, uh, administrating the test or administering the test, um, but will assign uh, those who respond to the RFI uh, to do so. Um, and as a hopefully future CBO, um, we will, the FPVFC will be responding to the RFI and is perfectly willing to take that on to uh, administer that test for everybody, um, anybody who wants to participate. CBO is a uh, community-based organization. Um, And kind of from that, uh, the FAA has set up uh, CBOs to um, basically you need to either be a part of or fly by the rules of a CBO. So that's why the FPVFC has kind of created its own Uh, safety guidelines and whatnot so that pilots who choose to fly by our rules can do so. Um, So the big points here that I kind of want to cover, if you've pulled that stuff up, are the, um, there's a lot to read there, uh, kind of what they are doing and um, what they're looking for from the designees. But the big points come down towards the bottom with the, the questions. Um, so uh, basically, it says respondents to this RFI are invited to provide responses to the topics and questions. Um, they are also invited to elaborate on the general objectives and scope. Um, responses received will be reviewed by the FAA to determine which respondents, if any are not follow-up discussions uh in in terms of being able to administer the tests um so i mean first up i mean there's there's several questions here um but um some of them are pretty basic um but the big ones are going to be um what do you consider to be the most effective model for administering the training and testing content so uh yeah we have yeah we haven't seen any test questions or any study guides uh yet so they haven't released any of that
2: say josh how about we back up just a tiny bit and ask ask everybody what do they think about the fpv freedom coalition being an administrator of the test is that something that sounds like a good idea should we be pursuing that would it benefit the fpv community to have us be the people administering the tests and basically the faa is saying hey we know we've been asked to do this test, but that takes time and money and effort, and we're going to have everybody else take care of that for us. So, Should right. the FPVFC be one of those people doing that?
3: I'd say 100% yes. Just right off the bat, you guys should definitely like try to be the faint, main focal point of that, um, scene, as you guys have the, the raw information to go with that could keep other people safe. I'll just leave it at that.
2: Sure, and it, it, if, if so, what are your concerns if the FPVFC didn't? become an administrator of one of these tests. Are you, are you afraid of voice.
3: other places? 100%. Those people don't understand where this sport derived from, so they're not going to know where to take it, unlike you guys.
0: OK, fair enough. I Not a loud enough voice.
1: We need a voice.
0: OK. So now, kind of along that same line, keep in mind that the FPFC. In regards to partnering with the FAA to administer the tests, we don't, we wouldn't, and and wouldn't ask. Uh, not that we could ask, but the FAA is not going to be paying us anything or reimbursing us anything to hold that test. Um, so it's going to be kind of of our own volition to host that for the community, which we're totally down to do. Um, Dan has uh, quite a bit of experience with. Uh, Um, some of the the testing solutions so um, we're definitely going to be tapping him and a couple other folks to kind of help us with that Um, but yeah they're not providing any kind of aid or anything Um, it's basically up to us to fund and administer that test so yeah so if you look at that that
2: if you look at that pdf document they talk about learning online learning management systems so if any of you have. Uh, been in college recently you've probably used something like Moodle or Blackboard and they'll release the test in a way that's compatible with those kinds of systems
3: I'd say uh, some suggested donations of sorts not per test but just as like something that could be offered through the community so third-party people could just dump a ton of money in rather than you know individuals stressing about you know paying like five ten fifteen dollars you know Make it like make it like that could be like a suggested like five dollars suggested ten or fifteen. although if you made it like an open pool where the community could dump money into keeping people safe, I think that that would keep it keep your getting stores open and everything flying high.
0: okay that's that's a great suggestion. Thank you. Pardon me while i re- I'm just jotting down some notes.
2: Josh is busy here trying to both run this meeting and take notes at the same time. So wish him luck.
0: <laughs> well, I'm trying I'm trying to refrain from typing on my uh Yeah, you're super e-board. loud keyboards. Yeah, it's the subject of uh, much joking within the community. So uh I'm gonna I'm gonna be handwriting tonight. So um but uh you know, secondary. You know, the FP or the FAA is going to, you know, to people that it, it assigns as its its designees to administer the test. They're going to be providing the test and whatever form that takes. Um, I'm sure for us it will need to be converted. So, um, and, and beyond that, they are going to be publishing study guides uh, and, and providing those to its designees as well. So. Um, If we are chosen, uh, which would be the expectation, uh, we will be providing that. Now, um, my personal opinion is, um, and I think others would agree with me, is depending on what that training material content looks like, um, would you be opposed to... Uh, us the FPVFC modifying that training content to make it clearer, more understandable, more in layman's terms, etc.
2: Okay. I
1: just want to check. Um, this is for the part yes, one hundred seven exam, right?
2: No, this is I'm, not part one hundred seven. There's an the FAA has been asked uh, by the Reauthorization Act to create a test for all recreational pilots.
1: Yep. Oh, okay.
0: So this Funny. will be for recreational only. Um, this has nothing to do with commercial. They have, you know, the Part One Hundred Seven. Uh, you know, the Part One Hundred Seven will have its own exam. In terms of like a ham test, yes, it's it's probably going to be similar to that. Um, so, like the ham test, we will, you know, provide the uh, the study guides and whatnot so that you can, you know, definitely uh, study up and before you take it that way you know you're guaranteed not guaranteed but more likely to pass so now secondary to all of this um comes kind of a, da- a a data handling uh structure so um kind of in regards to that i don't know how many of you are actual members and that doesn't matter but keep in mind that when you take this test, the FPVC or FPVFC or any other administrator of this test will be required to um, hold a certain amount of personal data. Um, number one, whether you pass or failed the test. Um, number two, whatever identifying information that the FAA um, will require. Um, we're hoping it's very minimal. Um, our our thought process to this point has been. Uh, basically, an email address and a your your FAA registration number um, that can be linked to the exam. Um, anything more than that, I don't think we need nor want. Um, but are you? I mean, from a from a personal information level, um, th- does that sound comfortable to everybody?
3: No, just, just lengthy and, um, you know, just like anything else you'd have to do to sign up for anything responsible, you know, just takes, you know, extra effort. So as yeah. long as we, we are able to find that um, that information easily, I think that would prevent a lot of frustration and headaches.
0: Okay.
2: Um, so, so the I'll... only only concern I have with that is currently if you fly under 250 grams, you don't have to register, but we believe you have to take the test. Yes, So we'd be sort of... Caught in a situation where you would need to register anyway just to take the test, so I think that's a worthwhile trade-off, but other people may not
0: yeah, I mean, and and it could be you know, in terms of the amount of personal information, i mean what what's the comfortability level of everybody in regards to an organization, a nonprofit organization like us to holding a certain amount of your personal information? Um, I mean, To what, I mean, to what degree are you comfortable with that? Because we're going to have to have a way to authenticate your test to your person. Um, And as minimal as that can be, the better. But in terms of, you know, if you only fly whoops or uh, sub 250, um, then you won't have to register. So, you know, what kind of information would you be comfortable with? Well, uh, so uh, go ahead.
1: Well, I think that uh, I think ideally it would be just an email or phone number, but uh, I think uh, for identification purposes, I think it might be better to have other too. But uh, I think at least for me, what's comfortable right now is just maybe just email and uh, uh, phone number and just the FAA account, I guess.
0: Okay. All right. Um, now, also keep in mind that this system, this this data system that we will have to develop, um, will have to be able to, you know, if the FAA or law enforcement makes requests to validate a particular person's inf- that they pass the test, we will be required to provide that. So. Just want to make sure everybody's kind of comfortable with that. <laughs> um, so, in terms of the training and testing content, um, obviously I, they they definitely make uh, reference in the document to online registration or online uh, exam taking, um, as Dan was saying. Um, as opposed to have to go have to be going to a dedicated site or or whatnot to take that exam. I think that's the easiest way to reach people anyway. Um, so uh that that'll be um something that will will make it easier for everybody. Uh let's see.
4: Um and there were no term-
2: questions on there either that I was a little a little interesting to see that there's nothing on there about, you know, ch- stopping people from cheating or impersonating somebody else or taking the test on somebody else's behalf. So they don't seem to be too concerned about that at this point.
0: No, I mean, I don't, I, I think honestly, um, at this point that they are trying to get people engaged in it. So um, I I didn't see anything regarding that. And and that's something that we think of, especially, you know, at, with remote identification and spoofing. But um, you know it's maybe not something that's on their mind right now. Um, so follow up to that, um, we don't know at this point whether it will be a recurrent test or if it's a one and done kind of thing. So as an example, the part 107, I believe it's uh, every two years you have to take a recurrent exam um to maintain your your 107 license so or certification so you know we're estimating that it will be similar um one and done would would definitely be the best um but uh not sure how that's going to roll out so just be prepared from that side
5: you guys have to reset your driver's license theory test every now and then or is it just unique to flying toys uh
0: so our driver's license in the states depends on states so i live in arizona i don't have to renew mine until i turn 65. Uh,
2: uh, i think i have to get a new license every gosh what is it five or ten years but you don't have to do a new test or anything you basically just go get a new picture taken uh get a new card that's
5: about it yeah so, they're saying basically that these toys are far more dangerous than two ton automobiles screaming down the freeway at 70 miles an hour.
3: I'd say yeah. that's a bold faced lie. I mean, cars <laughs> are the most dangerous thing there is, hands down. You know? Uh, I, I, you know, every now and then flying around plastic compared to the dangers of constant car vehicles and the people that probably just got killed while we're talking about this is, you know, very different. Although it can become safer, I agree. Um. As far as uh, the creating the test itself, what do you guys think about um, like working like create like a platform to to create the template for the test as like an open source project on Discord or somewhere else where we can like vote on like rules and regulations based on uh, like the full spectrum of people's safety.
0: Well, here's the thing is that we're not going to be creating the test. The FAA is going to be, is currently creating the test. So, oh, okay. um, so
3: you guys were responsible for adding to it or something like that. No. Concerned.
0: So let me, let me uh, back up here a little bit and give you a little history. When we first saw, when the reauthorization first came out, we were expecting that um, both the FAA, its shareholders, and I put that in air quotes, And community-based organizations would be assisting with creating the test, and we have reached out multiple times to uh, the FAA in regards to helping create the test. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and 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 have really not gotten anything back from Um, them. So so. from that standpoint, they've already announced that they are creating the test. And uh, Dave, who is our president, went to uh, the DAC meeting. DAC meeting. Uh, a couple. Couple. Was it a month ago or two months ago? And uh, talked to some folks from the FAA, and they said that they were already working on it. Is there a, um, is there a projected timeline when this could be released? so i've heard any i've heard estimates anywhere from uh by the end of the summer to two years from now Hmm. um but beyond that i've not seen any kind of release date or anything like or go live date or anything like that so uh, from that standpoint i don't have anything
3: the public the the masses um involvement drones you know the more we could more people get involved the more we're gonna have to have regulations i think it's just a you know, it's the sands of time trickling down. Eventually, we're gonna. You know, it's just. You know, if, if everyone you know buys drones this winter, you know, then next year I think we'll see. Like this January, positive probably see the test. You know, if it's a slow, slow, steady stream of people, you know, it could take up to two years. Although I, at this rate, I probably think they have plans to release that stuff sooner or later.
0: Well, and. Honestly, the FAA are kind of behind the gun right now. Um in terms of the language in the in the reauthorization mm-hmm. act, they were required to have this done by April, I think. Am I right, yeah. Dan?
2: So Yeah, I'd have to look that up again. But it, it sounds like it from their rhetoric that, you know.
3: They're so that the, it's up to us to keep the regulations going while they structure it. <laughs>
0: well yeah, I mean and and they there's there's already uh, you know, they're already making certain allowances in terms of um, in terms of the rules, so they haven't defined what a CBO is yet. So technically, no no community based organizations exist right now, and they haven't developed the tests. But you know both those are requirements in order to fly. But they've you know until they define those and create that, there's they they can't enforce those portions of their their regulations. So two things
3: right off the bat is so they're pretty much going to be in charge of um, like if there's going to be a fee, they'd probably create the the value for that. And uh, the second thing is, um, you guys are probably going to apply to be one of these uh, CBOs pretty fast, right?
0: Yeah, as soon as they are defined, we'll be we'll we're definitely throwing our hat in the ring. Okay, great so you know there's there's a couple of things there so the faa isn't uh from what i understand from this pdf they aren't uh telling us what it will charge it's going to be up to the organizations to decide that and we ourselves are you know we're trying to keep whatever cost we can minimal um we haven't nailed down anything we haven't even nailed it might be free um but you know there's there's definitely certain costs behind that. Whether we're able to absorb those or not is is definitely part of that discussion. um and if if we can, we will um, because we're, you know, I'd like this to be as non-invasive on pilots in the community as possible. So, Absolutely.
3: So basically, it's it's um, you guys will know exactly what's going on once the tests are actually completed so they can create these organizations so we can figure out what to charge. And,
0: and beyond that, I think once we send in this RFI, depending on how long it takes them to go through all the information, we'll have a little bit more of an understanding if we are chosen to be one of the designees as to what that test is going to look like. And believe me, as soon as we know, you'll know um well
3: that, well that was like the first thought in my head just if you guys want to be ahead of the curve is just to you know maybe even just create a website where this information like even like the the prelude to the to understanding what this information is you know with these cbo's or whatever if you guys maybe like made a website and just started like just posting that information and directing people there and you know once that develops you guys could like you know upgrade that and that could be like the standard of you know, like where flyers go to, to know the
0: flyer laws, you know. at least. Well, we, you know, to, to be honest, we've already got that. So if you go yeah, to same. fpvfc.org. What whoa, whoa, uh, was it? Fpv what? Fpvfc.org. Okay. Ah, thank you, Dan, for posting that. I just had to remember it.
3: Good hey, I'll so, let you take the wheel from here. I'm gonna I'm gonna tune out you guys got the, some important stuff so some details okay. to, to hash out. So I'm, now that we got them the just to understanding, it'd be cool to see some other involvement in terms of modification to this. So I'm gonna let you guys
1: yeah, go. Yeah same. I have to tune out too.
0: All
3: right. That's no worries. Thank yeah. you for I I'm, 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 I'm still gonna listen, but other people, you know feel free to, to do what you do. I'm I'm still gonna stick around and listen. This is important. But you guys be, be free.
0: So a a couple of things that uh, are in the questions, if you scroll down to the bottom of the PDF, if you're in a place where you can do so, um, they do talk about um, one of the key points. I think for us is going to be how do you handle test takers that are minors under the age of thirteen, and and that goes beyond just. uh, I mean, one thing that we kind of pointed out was that we would need parental authorization um, to obviously handle personal information from from minors essentially but beyond that um how best to uh modify the test to maybe not modify but uh i guess present the information in a way that somebody under the age of 13 could understand it easily um i mean what are your thoughts on that i mean because that's going to be a big point for you know Parents who want to FPV with their kids, or um, you know, people getting uh, drones for Christmas and and that kind of thing.
1: anybody?
2: Okay, we've got uh, a lot of a lot of muted microphones and quiet people here tonight.
0: <laughs> I know we've got we've got tons of uh, folks in here. Which is um, awesome, listening. yeah. Just feel free to speak up if you've got some ideas. I mean, if you, uh, I mean, for us, uh, you know, it's been a while since I was 13. So, you know, how 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 best do uh, 13-year-olds present or, or absorb information? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all? Okay, that's one way. Yeah, Real quick, I don't can think you that's fair. I think a yes, lot I of them can.
4: absorb a lot better than we do. Yeah. Um, If for no other reason, than their young minds and how how much they are able to take on new information. Uh, I was going to actually speak in in reference to that uh, when I discovered my mic was muted, as (laughs) you so eloquently pointed out. And uh, honestly, I don't think the verbiage for that should be a big deal. I think we should just do it um, and not worry about an age limit, because if it's important to these guys, they're going to learn it they take on much more abstract concepts in school anymore than what we should be required to pass this test. Uh, if the test is on the level of like a 107 or something, then that honestly warrants Hello? a whole nother discussion. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with you, Jeff. Um, I, I, I honestly think, you know, above all, it needs to be uh, easily... Um, easily managed in terms of the level of information it's getting and or giving and and the ease of the test otherwise it's going to become a, a bottleneck to the to the hobby um, both for for multi-rotors and for fixed swing so
2: yeah the uh, only real concern with people under 13 is there's different laws about what information we can store and all of that kind of right. stuff but if we only needed to require their FAA number and an email address, then maybe we don't have to worry about it.
0: Yeah. and and the COPA, yeah, that's definitely something we're looking into. Um, so uh, we understand it's dealing with the COPA requirements. but uh, beyond that, I, I think the biggest part for me beyond that is just you know making sure that it's understood by all. Uh, to the best of their ability. Um, and, and some of that will, again, flow back onto us to provide training materials that are easily understood. Yeah, so...
4: I don't think that's going to be... At least the feeling I get is that's not going to be a huge deal. Um, you know, the biggest thing they want to be able to do, you can't enforce something if you can't prove um, some level of education. And by mm-hmm. making us take some test, even if it had nothing to do with flying whatsoever, just the fact that you'd be agreeing to it and putting some piece of identifiable information with it, they can now hold you accountable. And, oh, I didn't know that doesn't fly is what it amounts to.
0: yeah, i I, I understand that. And I would agree with you. Um, you know, and, and I think it's kind of twofold. Number one, they're requiring it as, being able to fly. So if you're caught without your information and you're out flying, that could be a, a hassle, number one. And number two, uh, absolutely, I think, by agreeing to, to take the test and, and actually taking the test, you're kind of agreeing to that level of accountability as well. That's very eloquently put. Um, so let's see. I'm trying to... So the other thing is is, along with the exam, and I kind of just... Kind of just mentioned it, but uh, once you take that, uh, and you will be required to carry on your person when you are flying, proof of passage of that exam. So, uh, to me, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, they talk about is uh, issuing that proof and what form would be like, kind of what form that would take and what information would be included, and and kind of going back to. The aforementioned uh, information that we would be requiring or we would have to require would be, you know, your FAA registration number, your person, your name, and possibly your email address um, with some identification that you took the test with the FPVFC so that if they need to kind of follow that up uh, or request information or verification that you did indeed pass that, that. there's enough information there that they could uh, request that information. So I know, right? You're going to need a wallet just for all your RC certifications. Um, so, uh, Dan, am I missing anything?
2: No, I think that sounds really good.
0: So over the next couple of days, um, we are going to be dropping some of these questions on the Facebook, um, just for people to kind of comment on them. Uh, we'll be doing them over, you know, several days because there's quite a few questions here and and quite a bit of information. Um, so, um, and, you know, now in terms of going going back to proof of passage and and Dan kind of toss this out here i keep my faa registration card digitally um does that sound like something that's way easier than than needing a a physical i mean i don't know i don't know if we know at this point if you're going to need a physical copy or not but i think as long as you can prove you passed it
2: you could certainly also have like a screenshot on your cell phone or something like that would probably work i I assume it's just got to be something that a law enforcement officer could look at get enough information from it that it looks legit and they could verify it if they really wanted to
0: yeah that makes sense because i think that would be a heck of a lot easier for everybody and and doug i like your idea that if this could all be in an app it would be awesome and that's something we've talked about before um and something that that we may you know run down in the in the future so um i definitely like that idea just being able to have all your information, be able to access Lance, be able to um check any maps that you need to check, like the the FAA facility maps, have all your IDs there, good to go.
2: Yeah, we definitely have to add to our list of desires idea. is to and have all of our certs. Take... Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead, Josh.
4: I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> that's okay, bud. <laughs>
4: I was going to say, I think that app is an excellent idea, but I think that the time, uh, even the energy, might be better spent trying to work with somebody like AirMap, who already has a bunch of these resources built in.
1: Mm-hmm. And if we
4: get them to to just add an additional piece to the profile information, you know, be able to upload an image or something, uh, I think that would probably be um, a cleaner approach to that. Definitely okay. more attainable, more feasible uh, financially.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you. That's not a bad idea at all. Um, Let me uh, add that to my notes here. Um, To be honest, I never even thought about that. So that's a great suggestion.
4: Yeah, because if you think about it, AirMap's already doing all of that right down to the LANC requests and responses.
0: As is Kitty Hawk. So, you know, I mean, Either one or both that we can just reach out to and say, Hey, can you add this feature? That would be fantastic.
1: It would be cool if like when you when you passed that your information was linked to like a QR code that like a cop or whoever could just scan it and then pull up your info from like whatever database that's legit on their end and just make it like instantaneous like
2: yeah, the QR code's a good idea to have on the ticket.
0: It certificate. is. It is, absolutely. Okay. That's perfect, too. Oh, guys,
3: I just remember when we used to go out and fly. I guess I'm getting old. Gosh. <laughs> oh, my God, what have I got myself into?
0: <laughs> QR code on the quad? As opposed to well, well,
1: that, that could work. Or I was thinking yeah. like like if like having a like you know when you have like an app and you go to like your little profile that it could have mm-hmm. a QR code right there that an officer or whoever could just like scan it with their phone and it would pull up all that you know all that information rather than or you could just keep a screenshot of the QR code on your phone like just having your info linked to a QR code that whoever needs information can pull that up from you know, bank it out of whatever government database they need to
5: just have
0: it yeah
5: it. i think bot grinder was going to get it tattooed on his forehead wasn't it <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh that's rich <laughs>
1: but, a, but a qr code on the quad would be would be sweet i mean that way you wouldn't have to have like this giant sticker with all this crap written all over it. it would just be a little a neat little square that you could just you know you make a you know print up twenty of them and just tape them or just put them on a sticker sheet. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, for me, like I just print my my registration number on a a Dymo label maker and, in in tiny little print, but it's there. Um, QR code stickers for the batteries. A lot of batteries already have QR code stickers on them. Um, I wouldn't want to get it confused. Uh, cool. That would be interesting. So. um these are some great ideas, guys. Um, let's see.
2: I Duh. see Rick's talking about here that the FAA will would have to have a database. The FAA is saying in this document that they don't want to store any information. They want to point yeah, the, the cops to us or other administrators of the test to have them look up and verify people.
0: Yeah, yeah. they they will not be hosting any data.
2: Interesting
5: not mean that there'll need to be a consistent interface that the law enforcement can use between the various CBOs? So instead of having like five apps for five CBOs, one constant thing, should we be working or should you guys be working with like the AMA to perhaps come up with a universal gateway to this information?
0: That's definitely a thought. Um, They have kind of lined out uh, a couple of um, governance frameworks, they're calling them. That we would have to abide by. So FAA external data access initiative. So if you type that in, that uh, takes you to a link on the FAA's website where they host like um, IFR maps and VFR maps and um, notams and and whatnot. Um, but beyond that, they're they're asking that they don't host any data. So I don't know if we as CBOs all kind of gather together or or people who are designees to administer the test. Let's let's kind of tighten that up a little bit in terms of coming together to provide a a quick access database that we can all kind of shove our data into.
2: I could also imagine kind of like they currently have with the Lance system, there's a web page that lists here are the three or four providers of Lance apps. Maybe there's a similar website here are the handful of designees and their web pages. So the law enforcement goes there, clicks on the one where the person said, Hey, I took my test with the FPVFC. And there's a link for them to find it there. It's not ideal, but if the FAA is not storing any data, then I'm not sure what else they can do.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's gonna, I mean, we're gonna have to figure out what, what that's gonna look like. And I'm sure the FAA will provide some, some more information on that, but, you know the the key point that i i want to make sure is that we're handling data correctly so you know i don't want joe schmoe from the street you know being able to look up hey the, is the guy down the street you know he's what's his information that kind of stuff I, that's not what it's about it's about you know providing the access to the right people so um
3: i remember there being some sort of regulation about um, like writing, like actually being like law, actually to like write your name and address on your drone or something like that. From last I heard, like on the back mm-hmm. side of it. What are some of the? I think we've all kind of forgot about that, or is it?
0: Still it's just your side? registration, your FAA registration. So um, if you're a recreational pilot, uh, you do have to register at Drone Zone, um, and it does need to be on your on your aircraft. It's not just you know your multi-rotor if you fly fixed swing it has to be on there too um and it has to be
3: making some 3d printed holders for these you know i don't want to see people (laughs) be getting in trouble you know
0: well i mean a a lot of like folks like me i i print them on little labels um like the little label makers you can get at the store and just stick them on um they they do have
3: business doing that for other people, you know, and just, you know, it wouldn't take much in postage, you know, maybe that could be like part of your guys' OBO or CBO is, you know, printing people like information stickers just to be helpful, you know, like just like they they, could, like custom, you know.
5: Okay. Maybe it's
3: just me. I
4: don't feel like that needs to be rocket science. I mean, you can go to Staples and get some, you know laminator pockets and, and i mean like if you were really that worried about it and the label stock is you know you get the avery avery 8150 or whatever the hell they are
0: mm-hmm. yeah you just, can do that and and i mean or you can use a, a paint marker or, as long as it's on there they don't they don't care how it's on there uh as long as it's on there and it's visible so um, and it has to be on the outside of the aircraft can't be on the inside can't be in the battery bay it has to be visible without having to touch the quad and that's so actually,
3: it prevents them be uh, from being able, you know it's like it's like grandfathering the old system if it's on the outside and it has to be like written you know in that's law and then they can't like start putting it inside the chips you know and being able to scan them and stuff like that you know that keep people's privacy you know a little bit safer
5: mm-hmm. that's just what
3: i wanted to say about that you no, know, yeah, I'm, I'm not really too concerned about the stickers or the 3D printed things either. Just that that very awareness in and within itself, you know, mm-hmm. kind of keep the sport safe. And just kind of kind of funny, you know, like hey, we got to keep this part on here that we totally all forgot, you know, just so like you know we got to keep it there so they don't say we got to put that part in the chip and you guys get this thing scanned 24 seven 365 from satellites. You know, that's all that that scared of
0: Right, and and you know, just to your point. Um, there are, uh, you know, from that standpoint, remote ID is a thing, um, and will be a thing to what degree, uh, we still don't know yet, but, um, you know, there will be a degree of that. Uh, so... On a positive
3: note, when that, when that, I think they, I think if, if they were to be nice to us, they could release that technology with the, uh, I mean, I don't know if I should release it. the technology to, um, put, um, receivers like for our, our hobby, you know, on satellites. So if they're pinging where our location is, at least we can fly anywhere there's a satellite, you know? It's just, mm-hmm. you know, video transmission. Anyhow, it'd be pretty cool to put some 4K through satellite eventually, too. So you guys can work on that. Anyhow, there's, there's the ball. <laughs>
0: All right. So um, any other, I'm, I'm going to kind of wrap this up. Um, any questions, um, concerns? Any questions, concerns?
5: Um, how closely, like you guys do a great job. How closely do you follow what's happening other places in the world? Like I'm in Australia, we're kind of facing sort of thing now, where but they're starting to privatize a lot of it, like our CASA um, app being redirected to a private company now.
0: Um. So. Uh, so. Uh, so. So. In terms of. Raven, can you Raven, mute your, can you, mic your mic real quick? Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so in terms of monitoring what's going on in the rest of the world, I would say that, you know, we, we do monitor some of that. Uh, we don't monitor it to at, – at this point, we're not monitoring it to the degree that we do in the U.S. We just um, watch but...
2: uh, Bruce's videos, and then we know everything.
0: <laughs> um, but, you know – we we do follow some of that. And, I mean, even some of our stuff is kind of being pushed towards private, privatization. So, like, the Before You Fly app is now being developed by Kitty Hawk um, or has been re-released um, by, by the FAA, but with Kitty Hawk's assistance. Um, the Lance apps are... The FAA is not sponsoring those places like Kitty Hawk and AirMap are, um, so you know there are there. There's definitely some privatization of that, and this knowledge exam is kind of along those same lines. You know the FAA is not doing it; they're asking other people to do it. So, oh, yeah, um, but uh, we did.
2: Was it last meeting that we talked about international? Gosh, yeah. It sure seems like it was. Last meeting just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we were talking about. I think that was we were talking about international rules and how much we should pay attention to that and help with, other organizations like us around the world. Yeah,
0: and 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 that's you know definitely something that uh, would be down the road for us. But you know, if you've got questions, feel free to ask. And I mean, I know for me and and Dan and Dave are all uh, research, uh, driven people. So if we don't know about it, we figure it out. So, um, if you've got questions or need help interpreting stuff, uh, we can definitely help out with that. So, um, but in terms of FPVFC Australia, I'd love to see that down the road, but, um, you know, right now, uh, for us, it's, it's about the U S and, and that's not to sound selfish. It's just what we can handle at this point.
5: Yeah, no, exactly.
3: Thanks for that. It's, it's always good I think, to, know. Um, I, think yeah. start, to I think if we start starting her up, although I think we started off first involving the whole world and made it like a world decision rather than an individual decision, then we could format it, make it safe, and then uh, pre, pre, uh, pre-eminently or whatever, you know, establish that. So, you know, people trying to do funny things, you know, and going, oh, we have to go to another country it's already been established before they got there and they already know what to how to be safe before other weird people say hey you know I'll give you a bunch of money and let us fly around and do horrible things you know it's like we could you know have a set structure where people are like what in the world's going on they just go on their phone google it's like oh and they're like masters of you know the information they could easily contact authorities and say hey look we want these people not to do this over here you know stuff like that
0: anyhow I'm, yeah that, i mean awesome. worldwide regul. i mean worldwide uh regulations that are similar would be ideal. That way everybody would know what's going on. But on the flip side, we can't even get our countries to communicate without the drama. So <laughs> but I think we're, we're, trying, we're trying to we're do two right things now. here. Where
2: <laughs> we're trying to set an example. We're, we're based in the U.S. We're trying to help the U.S. regulations and then we're hoping that we can set an example that the rest of the world can look at. But also we just don't have enough people volunteering their time to be big enough to be able to cover the world, but it would be awesome if we could. Well, so th- we're yeah. kind of stuck. If, if we
3: made a, a format that was like involving the world, so the world found us instead, you know, like just I had a website that was like you know for questions for the whole world about this, you know, information like you know, so everyone can involve themselves, like a like a forum that can interject themselves into it. Then like we wouldn't even have to worry about like trying to campaign or anything like that. It'd just be like you know go to like a google you know for of like safety regulations anyhow that was the the main thought there's to make it simple not you know um just like this hopeless lost cause it'd, it'd be like the complete opposite it'd be like like the simple start simple conclusion and, and point anyhow you gotta start um you know at a, at a local uh, level first though for any of that and that's i think what you guys are trying to to define the most and that is the most important thing because that's what's going to set the 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 monetary value of of the um, laws and how people respect those values.
0: Anyhow, good work. Thank you. All right. So um, any other questions, comments, concerns before I wrap this up? So first off, um, I see a couple people are typing. So while you guys are typing, first off, I want to thank everybody for being here. This has been one of our bigger meetings to date. And I love that you guys are all here and we've gotten some great feedback from everybody involved. So um, first and foremost, thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, everything that uh, we, we work to do is for the community and um, that's the biggest thing. So yeah, um, also if, thanks
2: for being here and definitely spread the word about the FPVFC, get more people in these meetings, get more people to our Facebook and website and more we grow the more impact we can have
0: yep and invite your friends and flying buddies your your crews um we we'd love to have them um the more we get the better off we'll all be so um with that i thank you all and i will go ahead and say good night